welcome everybody to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan. And on my left here is a man that who, who played golf for the first time yesterday and was quite good at it. I don't know about quite good, but that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Spencer is a natural at golf. Anybody who has tried this game knows that that doesn't necessarily mean you're playing well, but there was something <laughs> about it. There's a feel to it. It's yeah. uh, it was it was working. It was I, working. I gotta say, chipping did seem to be kind of easy. Like the concept of it seemed kind of easy to me. So, um, I I really enjoyed that. I just have to work on uh getting a great drive sure. to start really well and then uh it's tough clean game. some stuff up yeah it's very tough yeah it's very it takes tough. a lot of work it takes a lot of work um anything athletic it's gonna take a lot of work anything creative is gonna take a lot of work uh building a universe with all kinds of superheroes takes a lot of work <laughs> and time and time <laughs> yeah. and money yeah for um, sure welcome to the episode two recap of the falcon and the winter soldier we are super excited because this show really is off to a great start. It's exciting. Um, it is totally and completely different than WandaVision. And in the best way, because WandaVision was, you know, its purpose was very different than this one. This is a story being told uh, throughout kind of a movie setting. And WandaVision was anything but. It was a TV show. And the emotions at play have been different, but it's also not quite where I thought we'd be. I was anticipating more of like a buddy cop kind of a thing. And this is so much better than I was hoping for because it hits a lot of real grounded notes that you might find in a really good drama. Yeah, I think I think that this show had to be different than WandaVision. So for some people that really liked WandaVision and was hoping that this would kind of pick up where that left off, you know, you, you can't expect that because these are drastically different characters from Wanda or Scarlet Witch, whatever. They're so far different and they all have their own dynamic within the universe. And that dynamic is extremely important. And what we're seeing so far with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is this, like you said, very grounded uh, a story that at times really touches some notes, like in real life, and it, it really, uh, it really, um, I don't know, uh, makes you feel some type of way, really, about what's going on in the world today, and even looking into the past and stuff like that, like it's a really great show to me. I think they both are really awesome, but uh, like I said, I think they just have their own like unique qualities just because the characters have their own unique qualities. So it feels like we're just getting started. You mm -hmm. know, um, there's a lot left in this TV show. We really haven't hit the meat, you know, of the story. We are starting to see characters introduced that we saw in the trailer. We still got a few characters left that have not been shown yet that we know are coming. And one of those is at the, the end of this episode is, is teased and 
he'll be making his his screen you know dialogue debut next week or this week i suppose and uh, so there's a lot to learn there's a lot to find out i think the storyline is you know in the vein of what we were looking for but as i mentioned before the way they're going about it has been really really interesting and we will touch on that as we go throughout the show you've seen the show hopefully you liked it we you know in our style we kind of go back through it and talk about things scene by scene and if something stands out we definitely you know go over it and see what our thoughts are and yeah we're just we're having a lot of fun thank you to everybody who's a new subscriber a new listener a new fan we appreciate all those um, new people as well as the people that have been here the whole time so if there's anything we can do for you anything you want to hear us talk about let us know we're very receptive to comments and messages and we're just uh we're having a good time are we oh yeah it's been it's been a blast man like just hearing feedback uh we still have the tournament i think right going up on the facebook page still we've have, got uh, some first round matchups finishing up today right we've got um a full week left on some of them so we're going to get started on the second round pretty soon here mm-hmm. and then next monday we will get started on the uh, second half of the second round and that'll lead us into you know the the semifinals, and, and yeah. we'll go from there a lot of great feedback on that and it, and it's fun it's so fun, yeah, like seeing on, the matchups yeah. and like seeing who's winning. Like, man, I, I'm geeked about that tournament, yeah. man. I've it's been awesome. game tracking it. <laughs> yeah. Checking out. There's some matchups which I, I wish would have some more votes because they're really quality movies. Um, right. You can't really control what gets seen and whatnot. But mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, uh, head over to our Facebook page, uh, the Marvel Guys Podcast. Give us a like if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. And we do have that bracket set up, and we're voting on the best MCU movies and. It's not just, you know, what's your top five, what's your best? It's real matchups between real right. movies. So it's pretty cool because, you know, we got Captain America versus Tony Stark in one of them, and we got Thor and, you know, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. So there's some cool matchups going on, and it's not just name your favorite movie and defend it. It's, okay, so if we put this up against that, what do you got? So it's right. been really exciting so far. We're going to get into the show here. We hope you guys are having a great day and you're enjoying um, some of the beautiful weather that you may have yeah. around the country, depending <laughs> on where you're at. It's, it's really nice out today here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we started off with something familiar to us. It looked like uh, either a high school or a college football game. Mm. And John Walker was at his locker, and we can hear in the background the roar of the crowd. And it was j- another episode that starts with silence pretty much for a moment, and it leads you into this very um obviously dramatic situation they're really going for this like silent meaning weight kind of a thing and he's sitting there kind of looking like he's taking in the moment and he has a woman come in and talk to him that seems to be a girlfriend or wife and they're just discussing kind of how he got to this point and we're learning about this guy in real time so the way they ended the first episode, they obviously wanted us to hate him. Like yeah. that was very obvious looking right. like the grandpa from up, <laughs> you know, it was bad. Yeah. He was getting memed. We yeah. already hated him, but he's never <laughs> said a word. Right. And so now he's in this locker room and having this discussion with this woman. And then he talks to um, Hoskins, who's kind of his sidekick, you know, guy from the military. And they're just, they're all discussing basically, 
look at how far we've come, look at where you're at now. And we started to get a little bit of backstory on this guy. So did you get an initial feel of maybe trying to bring him a little bit back to earth as far as, hey, he's not he's not like a villain, mm-hmm. so don't treat him as such, but we're going to keep you on your on your toes as to whether you should like him or not? Well, I think that's kind of the character history with U.S. Agent is the overall reception within the Marvel Universe was kind of confused, too. Like, do we like this guy or is he just like a ripoff? Like, yeah. And, and that was what they were going for. And I think that they tapped into that and made that like a more real level. Like, as people are watching it, that's how they feel. Because, yeah, you see him for the first time. You're like no screw that guy yeah like don't like that absolutely not nope and what i think that they did here and i think what speaks really to the show is they very much and, and i'll talk about this a little bit later too but they very much like tied him into exactly what everyone else in the show so far is feeling in that we we learned from this scene and the scene where he's coming out and he's having a little interview on like good morning America, whatever. Uh, we learned that he's really been working at this for his entire life and he's put in the work. He's basically inspired by Steve Rogers to, you know, be something bigger than himself. He's been in the military. He's been, he's got an impressive record in the military. He's doing very well. And, at the end of the day, like it's much like Sam Wilson and Bucky, like it's very his, his his story is very much like theirs in that like. You know, accept me just for who I am. Like, this is a lot more. This is a big, humongous weight that's left for me to carry, and I'm not Steve, but I am me, and, you know, I can still do great things too if allowed and if you know given the opportunities stuff like that and you know it it is it is tough because it's like well sam's supposed to be that guy right but i think that we're getting into a territory that's like really awesome because you're really exploring this character and he's not a villain it's just we're not ready for that yet, you know. We we really wanted to see Sam take the mantle because because it's what we're familiar with. It's like the nice stepdad that steps in a little bit too soon. A little bit like, too soon, yeah. It's like I don't dislike you, but yeah, this ain't but this, this ain't doesn't it. feel right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, don't call me sport. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, don't tussle my hair. Right, you know? right. That's why he puts the the cap on. Yeah, like it's uh, he seems like he has great intentions and maybe like i said the thing with it is most of the people watching the show aren't going to be open to that and it's and it's also within the show as well they're not open to him being capped because it's more of a thing of like uh well we don't really know you it's on it's unfamiliar territory this is a new person you know with uh you know kind of not being like a fourth wall type thing but like for us like the wink like i said in last week's episode the wink is a sign of like mephisto (laughs) disingenuous behavior (laughs) 
or, or something like that. So, uh, don't trust anybody and yeah, Mephisto. Winks. Yeah, you don't trust anybody that winks, right? Unless you just got lemon in your eye. That's the only oh. acceptable way. Or a jalapeno for yeah, whatever. people that we know. You blink. That's an inside joke. but um, <laughs> Yeah, big dumb. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because they're going to be able to do this the whole series. Like, we don't have to like the guy, but we kind of, like, you have to respect his his decoration in war. And, like, the guy has obviously put country first for a long time. And when they were doing the interview, you know, they mentioned all this stuff. And he was playing humble, almost like fishing for compliments in a way, because he said, how did I get here? And, and, like, quite obviously, he seems to be the guy for the job Mm -hmm. um, all the way through. And people love him. Like, the crowds are going crazy. Um, You know, and, and in some way, that's fake, because, like, crowds in rallies are often just placed you know Mm. so it's hard to take any of this for the overall you know reality of the united states at the time because remember last episode we just saw everybody struggling so they may be looking at this guy and resenting him because just in the way that like in real life right now that kind of thing the cheesy you know upbeat we don't like that so much anymore. We like the grounded hero. We we appreciate the Allen Iversons, the the mm-hmm. people that are like the the man that represents the people. So it's going to be tough for him to get over with so many of these people who are struggling financially, and obviously they're going. You know, they're showing us the struggles that are happening around the country, but then they're also showing us, hey. You know, when you get in a really upscale place, you got a lot of money pumping out. Everything looks good, right? It's like the Olympics have come to town. Mm -hmm. So that seems to be what they're playing at. They want to make him look as popular as possible to make everybody accept him. Yeah, it's if I can compare it to something real quick to it. it, And I and I just kind of put this together. I don't know why, but like once again, the more we talk about things, the more questions pop up, whatever. (laughs) It's like the more we get in. But it very much because we we really loved wrestling for a long time and it it just reminds me so much of like roman reigns early on that's the same thing i was it's the exact same thing yeah is you try to force somebody to be in a in a main event situation or force somebody to be the next guy when they're really not ready for it yeah and there's other people that deserve that spot that could have maybe used that and actually taken it and ran with it and been a much bigger star. You can apply it to all kinds of things. You, you first really round can. draft pick, the you pay more money, pick. but the guy's beating them in a training camp. Yep. I mean, this is this is the reality. And and to take it one step further, it's the you know Bucky who was a a Hydra agent, and then Sam who you know over time they've referenced that they don't believe a black captain america would be socially acceptable so Mm. there's those those two things and you and that's the hard part is like that's where the reality comes in of john's earned this but at the expense of other people who may have done the exact same thing as him or even better and they had a rightful claim to it as well so yeah we got that early on and i like that they're giving us this like anti-hero non-hero war decorated you know decorated Mm -hmm. war hero it it's really interesting because He's very easy to hate because he's very snarky. He's very, you know, cocky. Cheesy. But, like, he's actually, it seems, at face value, he truly cares and wants to make a difference. So they're just going about it in different ways. And remember, early Captain America 
got a little bit of an ego. He he was like the the people's champ, and and he really started to believe it. Um, and it was fake. He was knocking out Hitler every night on stage, and so they were doing that with him. The difference is that eventually he was like, "This is not me. I want to get back in the trenches," and became a soldier again. But I mean, John's over here fighting like legitimately in this episode, as we'll cover, and so we'll we'll see how this. This goes, you know, mm-hmm. John Walker looks like he might take a backseat next episode to the whole Zemo storyline, but um, we're definitely going to revisit this in the future. And and he's, uh, he's a very interesting character moving forward and maybe moving forward in the MCU because as of now, yeah, that's Captain America. Right. So we we can't we can't jump too far. We've learned our lesson. Like, yeah, if he's Captain America for now at the moment. That's it's who, not our cap, but that's right. our cap. That's, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's all, he's all, he's everybody's cap. So we got to deal with it um, together. And so once once we get uh, this scene of John Walker being introduced and we get the idea, you know, everything's making sense now, we see Bucky and Sam meeting up at an Air Force hangar, and essentially they're going after the Flag Smashers. They get in this, you know, comedic conversation of, you know, is it one of the big three? Yeah. And funny enough, it's, it's not. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more like Bucky, who is super soldier. And so they're going to start going after these, you know, threats. They're not sure what it is. They don't have a whole lot of intel. They just have the photo and, you know, the the rumors. So right off the bat, we're, we're going like last week. We're like, well, maybe it's not going to be a show with those two traveling together. And then like second scene mm, this episode. Yeah. Boom. boom they're together. like, you know, carrying suitcases together onto a plane. So. Right. And it's the same scene, right, from the uh, the inside the, look, the inside or look yeah. or whatever that they posted. Which, yeah, I mean, one thing that I really liked so far is that I think we've gotten pretty much every scene so far from the trailer. Isn't that great? Because we have Already. like four episodes left. Exactly, we have four episodes left, and we've seen almost everything from the trailer so far. So that's actually Madripoor. I think that's the only thing really left. The flag of Madripoor, yeah. And, and them walking with Zemo, which we'll probably see next episode. Yeah, and Zemo I'm excited. In, in general, because he had a little thing with him putting on the mask or yep. whatever. So I think we'll see all of that next episode, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, um, what I do like in the like uh, stealthy kind of scenes soon after that, like when they land and they're on on their they're on foot and everything, is. Uh, you get a little nod to the White Wolf, which I liked. Like that yeah. was that was kind of cool. Like he he actually like accepted that. Like, you know yeah, what he it was did? The White Wolf. He pl- <laughs> he became the audience. Yeah. Because Sam threw out um was it White Panther? He uh, called him the White Panther or something like that because he went to Wakanda. Yeah, something and then like he, that. He goes White Wolf because yeah, like actually White Wolf. Everybody <laughs> watching the TV was like, "No, it's White Wolf." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Come Everybody's on. Like, and so Bucky yeah. just throws it out there. Yeah, that was awesome. I liked that little scene. Um, I also liked that like his distrust of Red Wing actually almost cost him because he was like, yeah, there's two people. And then Red Wing's like, nope, there's six. Yeah, there's six. <laughs> so uh, it's just I, I love their like comedic play with each other. Uh, it's it's it makes those kind of intense moments kind of seem a little more uh Kind of like um I don't know like Iron Man esque, because like Iron Man would always throw those little kind of funny one liners in out of nowhere. So. And that's the recipe that Marvel's been using for you know more than a decade now. You can have as much action as you want, but you have to 
break it up with the humor. That's like the, you know, the acid in mm-hmm. a nice finish to a meal or something like you have to make sure you don't get too heavy because in a, 50 minutes of straight action is not going to be fun. 50 minutes of backstory in action, it, it can be fun, but you need the comedy to break these things up because at the end of the day, we're talking about superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a documentary on, you know, some crime scene. This is right. This is made up. This is fun. This is, you know, um, Stan Lee always said, uh, how does this person beat this person? Well, they write them to, exactly. <laughs> you know, like this is the best. Yeah, this is Marvel. This I've is seen. fun. So we need some comedy and um, hopefully everybody's enjoying this little, you know, back and forth because these two are hilarious with each other. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed that part. And then we see them. Like you said, they're they're stalking these guys in a warehouse. They see the six people and to them, what's what's funny. And I didn't really think about this until later. There's no challenge they can't meet. Yeah. They're just like, okay, we'll just do this. They're probably like planning the rest of their day. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, right. got to go to the supermarket. They're just like, we're going to beat these guys. That's yeah. they never lose, you know? Right. And so they, they track them down. And, and, and by the way, they're lifting some pretty heavy stuff all by themselves. So they know there's some super soldier serum or something at play here. And, you know, we get this awesome chase scene and they're, they're on the trucks and he sees what he thinks is a hostage, um, Bucky, and uh, anything but. He, anything but. He took one he look at her, and she smiled, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I mean, she might as well have shouted from Skyrim or something yeah. because that dude flew back into the truck, broke the whole front of it, and it was game on, full-out fight scene, and they got their butts kicked. <laughs> they really did. They it got was embarrassing. Kicked, and then – what I really liked too was, uh, you know, you get a uh, John Walker and his uh, what, Hoskins. What was it? Hoskins, Hoskins, yep. right. Mar Hoskins. They they both come in for kind of like a, what we thought would maybe be a save, but yeah, like save they the got day. their butt kicked too. They got their butt kicked. Everybody gets their butt kicked. What I thought was kind of funny too is like Walker just basically gave up his best option at beating anyone. Because Hoskins falling off the truck and he just like throws Saves the shield him. to save yep. him, like well, it's a cat play though. It's a cat play, but like good luck winning any kind of fist fight against a super soldier when you're not one yourself. Yeah, like, it was like one on four, <laughs> one on yeah. five at that point anyway. Right, right. And Nick Merckx, you are not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Merckx, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a one sided affair. Um, and keep in mind, this was like four on six. It wasn't like they were completely outnumbered. Um, John Walker's highly capable of, of hand-to-hand combat, and so is Hoskins. And, it, I mean, they were not much help. But to be honest, they did a little bit better than uh, uh, Sam and Bucky. So Sam and Bucky have been a little bit out of practice, apparently. I think I think it's just what they need to do, like, as far as the story is concerned. Like, it's kind of the uh – you're saying it's just how they wrote it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just fits well because that's what we know of the hero's journey. Like, and that's been detailed over time. Like, Homer's Odyssey, it, it's the same thing. Like, you have to kind of get beat down at first to. I didn't watch that Simpsons episode. Reach up and get up to that level again. And they obviously had no idea what they were really up against. So. 
Well, they weren't focused. They you weren't can see that throughout the last two episodes. Like they weren't ready to just go into what they thought was a hostage situation. But what did we say at the very beginning before the show started? We thought that this would be them kind of learning to work together. Right. And, I think, and that's another know, thing. That's they don't know how to work with each other. Exactly. Exactly. So I think as the show progresses, we'll see them kind of work together a lot better than I think. Well, you'd hope so. They only get so many chances. You know, you right. only get one major fight in episode. They got four left. But um, and might be employing Zemo to help him on the next one. Right. But the thing I do, like I talked about earlier with John Walker, at the end of this fight, Walker and Hoskins are in the Jeep and they're, you know, going to pick up, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And they don't want the help. Like they don't, they're very resistant, very hesitant to any and all efforts made by John Walker to like, kind of create a peace bond or something between them and to gain their trust and respect. And, you know, once again, I think this is a very interesting dynamic. Talk about it once again. We'll talk about it a little bit later because we get to the end of the show and and we get a really cool moment between them again. But, uh, yeah, I thought that they're, they're really John Walker. I think this episode to me was more John Walker heavy than anything else. Yeah, it's this was the John Walker story. Yep. Um, for the first half, and that's still a lot of time. That's like twenty five minutes of mostly John Walker territory. Um, they weren't having it with some of the stuff he was saying. It, again, it was like the guy that's trying way too hard to be your friend, but doesn't realize the issue. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. He he says, "I'm not Cap. I understand." But then it's like he says something right afterwards that takes away from the statement he just said and he will never be capped to them that that's something he's going to have to realize and i'm curious there's going to be two ends to this story it's either he stays on as captain america or he relinquishes it because that's like i don't see any way unless it comes down to a fight between the two and i don't think that's going to happen personally but i could see it I just I but it would have to be a fight to the death because he's represented by the government. They're not just gonna be like, Oh, you beat up our guy. Here you go, you know? Yes and no. I, Unless I think they do it on a public stage and embarrass him. Yeah. I think that there's there's a lot more to it. Uh and I think the the government will will probably be exposed at some point. Uh just because of what we get in the next scenes. Uh from the show exposed for what though uh just what they've done in the past and what they've covered up and what they've not and who they've chosen and who they haven't and what they've because i mean imagine the public eye right now right like if this was a real thing and you and i were like doing our own things in our daily lives and then all of a sudden like falcons on tv and he's like oh you know, uh, Steve Rogers was a great man and symbols and blah, 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 blah. And then he gives up the shield and it's put in a museum. And then like not two days later, they're like, oh, hey, here's the new Captain America. I think like probably 80 percent of the country would be like, um, be wait a minute. <laughs> uh, that's not right. Yeah. But I think in a way now is the best time to do it because everybody's so distracted by the post blip life and you know getting through getting by right and as we've seen the social social uh climate right now 
uh, is a little bit off kilter. Um, and so maybe they're just like, dude, I, I don't care. Okay, have right. your Captain America. Do your thing. And it's kind of like what the Flag Smashers are talking about, too. It seems like more more or less that people care more about the people who are com- coming back from the blip than they care about the people who never left. So, like, the people that stayed alive and tried to, you know, still kind of create a new life and, and uh, understand things a little bit better about what's going in the future and what's coming uh, and, and what they've been through. Like, man, that, that's tough. It's, uh, yeah, and there's there's no right answers here, as right, always. Right. Um, it's kind of funny. I just, like, went back in my brain, and, like, The Hunger Games was probably the most relevant socio-economical commentary movie of our childhood that was big. Yeah. Um, and the thing about that was they did have a one government, and they were trying mm-hmm. to, like, undo that. And now in this uprising, it's it shouldn't be – everybody has a rights and freedoms and we need to all be together. Mm-hmm. So it seems like no matter what happens, nobody's happy, uh, at least in these fantasy worlds. Right. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it creates great commentary in real life because that's a real thing that we kind of debate with amongst ourselves anyways is like, well, you know, would the world be a better place if there was one government? And the answer to that some in many ways is no, like they both have, the thing that about it is it's a gray area and I think and by gray he means aliens <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but I think in, in in gray areas we don't like gray areas we don't like things that are open to interpretation or anything like that anything that's too ambiguous we're just like no so like when things have a good side and a bad side to them we either focus entirely on the good side or we focus entirely on the bad side. We don't try to like come together and create something that takes good sides of both things and create something that's a little bit better than this or that. So, well, by the way, when they were loading crates onto the trucks, um, the super soldier flag smashers, mm-hmm. uh, Bucky mentioned they were vaccines um, yeah. or, or Sam or one of the two vaccines or medicines what what do you think that is what's that all about um two things came to mind um because of what happens later and and i'll just go ahead and get into that anyways too but like one is that they're not actually super soldiers they are maybe given like a dosage of some kind of super soldier serum spinoff that affects (laughs) them for like you know a duration a five hour energy is what right you're five hour energy exactly <laughs> five hour super they're, they're soldier given, they're given crack <laughs> five hour super yeah. soldier yeah but um yeah i mean that's that that could be a possibility because there's like a black the, market for right. super soldier serums that yeah. aren't quite right right okay because we see something in the end that's kind of alarming like um that 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 is in with the flag smashers and it just kind of felt weird to me. So that's why I came up with that conclusion as to the vaccine thing. Or these guys could be actually taking vaccines for something that's maybe plaguing humanity and just like Robin Hooding it because that's kind of where they're at anyways. 
So they're stealing right. vaccines and then just spreading them throughout to at random to people uh, so that people have access to it. I'm curious if there's like uh, health issues that come with being uh, blipped. Like if Ooh. you came back, maybe your body's at some kind of imbalance or some disease that came from it. Well, and you may need a vaccine for that. Um, I don't know. I know, it. you know, this is a Marvel world, so I don't know if it would have some kind of thing where you're more susceptible to something or or what's going on. Because if it's medicine and vaccines, maybe one of it's preventative and one of it's treating something. So I, I would actually look at Spider-Man for that because Spider-Man in the MCU is not like enhanced. It's his suit that's enhanced. And when he was coming back from the blip, as he explained it, was they were just kind of like in a off world or something. Like they weren't really existing or they weren't like alive, but they weren't like, yeah, like completely anesthesia dead. And right. Dreaming. And then when they came back, it was just Doctor Strange like, all right, get ready. And then shoo. And then they're Yeah, like nothing ever there. happened really. Right. So... I would assume it's more like a purgatory type situation rather than, uh, you know, I, th that's very interesting yeah. though, because it could be, but that's why I think I would look at Peter Parker more than anything else because he's not like some enhanced being. So if something affected him, then you would look at the rest of everyone else and be like, Oh, so there are health conditions that might stem from coming back which opens up a whole nother bag of questions because like imagine being you know blinked out of the universe from the first snap and then being brought back and then you have cancer or something like what the heck like what was the point of that's me being brought back if i'm just gonna die of cancer you know like that's well, a very serious cancer's on thing. its way to the the mcu in some in some way it's already been here with uh uh Star Lord's mom. That right. was the first time we got it, but yeah, uh, I think we're gonna see more instances um, as we get into the Flag Smashers. More, they are always on the run. They're always running from something or towards something, and we see them in a hideout. Uh, I can't remember if it was Russian or something in that ballpark, but they were basically being kept in a secure area through some kind of person that was, you know, housing them at the time. And the main point that I took from that was that the Global Repatriate Repatriation Council was their that was their one world government. That like or sorry, that was their their government that they're upset at. Like that's mm. the thing that they're blaming. So they're trying to tear down that from within. And so we're going to learn more about it, I'm sure. But it sounds like that's pretty much the council that was put together post-blip to get everything back to normal. Yeah. And so they seem to just not trust that at all. And we've kind of had that already kind of detailed to us with Sam's story because he couldn't get a loan and all this stuff because, like, well, there's too many people coming back. There's just this really crazy dynamic going on within the universe. And the economic situation and the political situation I'm sure are just like absolutely insane at the moment within that universe. Like I can't even imagine 
like that entire life. <laughs> like that that just seems so crazy to me. Like how do you even handle that? Like how do you even it's, it's tough, tough to rationally put that into a storyline. So I'm somewhat glad they're just avoiding certain aspects of it because right. it doesn't quite, you know, add up. But they're hinting at issues. They're just not going like into Full super deep. detail. Yeah. Right, right, right. But they can't. You know, this at the end it's, of the day, this <laughs> is a superhero show movie. Right. Um and we don't want, you know, all the realities, you know, if we're gonna debate that we can talk about gravity too <laughs> right so yeah not too how not too is, concerned about it how much has physics changed right yeah why <laughs> superman just look up and he flies um, oh yeah. okay so next we got into a little bit of back and forth between bucky and and sam and bucky it's funny because everybody knows something that another person doesn't know mm. throughout this this history mm-hmm and now it's Bucky's turn to know something that no else somebody knows. else didn't know. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. Looking back, how many times has that happened now mm-hmm. that these people, you'd think they would learn, just tell them, be honest with them, and then deal with the upfront consequences. But basically, Falcon really wants to just grab that, you know, the shield and run with it, beat up the dude, and just, it's our right. It's mm-hmm. all right. And Bucky's kind of, it's funny because Bucky's almost like the politically correct, like we have to go through these things and this is why we can't do this. And and Sam just is like, what? why are you talking like this? And then basically Bucky says, well, there's things I know that you don't from the past and I think I should show you now. Mm-hmm. So as we we lead you know ourselves into the next scene, I think a lot of people at home are probably hoping and wondering if they went this route but they knock on the door and they ask for isaiah more specifically bucky does and there was a young man at the door that was like no 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 isaiah here like nobody lives here like that right and bucky basically gives him a little bit of a hey tell him i was this guy at this place and uh he's like okay give me a minute and that was apparently the password so they're let in and you know from there we we kind of get it like this is the storyline that we're going with this is the one yeah and so like what did that mean to you what was the excitement level when you realized what we were about to see i was beyond excited because like i I was telling you this before we went on this podcast i feel like i've actually cracked their code for this thing marvel yeah I'm, i'm excited to hear this um so when it was announced that you know, Disney Plus was going to be a thing, and, you know, obviously Marvel's entangled in that. So, like, you have the shows, right? And, and we're like, well, what is the point of these shows? Right? Like, that was the question. Like, what is the point of the shows? Yeah, why shows, not movies? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, more along the lines of, like, why are these people getting shows? And it's like, well, the, the, the easy answer is, well, you know, it's to flesh out some storylines for those characters going forward. Because, number one, they're still alive. And number two, they're kind of like the side characters. There's not literally a lot of story involved with them. And, hey, it gives us a chance to explore that. But, as we all know, Marvel always has an ulterior motive. 
there is always something else like going on in the background that you don't really pay too much attention to unless you actually kind of like really hone in on some stuff and you're like really like laser focused into some things and you really understand some things a little bit better. And what I'm getting at is I think that these shows have been created to introduce everyone to the young Avengers and that the young Avengers are now going to be the thing that is exclusive to Disney plus going into the future. And I'll get into that because this scene proves it. Okay. Because we're introduced into, um, Isaiah, who we learn is uh, Isaiah Bradley, Isaiah Bradley, who we learn was like, you know, uh, a super soldier back in the day, yada, yada, yada. Who's the young man that answered the door? That's his grandson, Elijah. I didn't even think about that. I should have, right? Yeah. That's his grandson, Elijah. And his grandson, Elijah, becomes the Patriot. He's one of the Young Avengers. Who else have we already seen in Disney Plus? Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. The the sons of Wanda and Vision. They're also Young Avengers. I was going to say the sons of Anarchy, (laughs) because basically... (laughs) Uh, we're also we're already know we're getting Kate Bishop as Hawkeye, and Cassie Lang is already in the universe. So that's five of the Young Avengers that now exist in this story, and it just so happens that th- four of them now are going to be introduced in Disney Plus series because Kate Bishop's getting her own show. Wiccan and Speed have already been introduced, and they're still alive because at the very end of WandaVision, she hears them. So they're trapped in some reality or some kind of thing, and they're needing her help. So she absolutely is going to pull them out at some point. They wouldn't just introduce them just to throw them away. And like I said, Cassie Lang, she already exists. She's already there. She'll be in a show, too. I can't remember which one. but Right. So um, I I think that that's the thing that they're going to do. I think that the Young Avengers are going to be probably – and I mean that makes sense, too, right? Like, let's do some big blockbuster films that involve, like, more, like, adult, not adult as an adult content, but, like, adult heroes. And then we'll have Disney Plus for the Young Avengers to yeah. have, to completely always have new content coming out. Like, that's, incre- that's incredible. I like I'm how you're blown. leading to a youth-based series on Disney Plus, which makes a lot of sense because that's a much younger group or younger audience mm-hmm. that's going to be seeing it. So it makes complete sense. I also yeah. like how you're building it out almost like a a Legends, you know, uh, yeah. bigger you know figure where you, you take a little piece from every show and you create this massive piece. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. And that makes a lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. So sounds good to me. I, I think I'm that's not what they're doing. To, knock you off that pedestal right and i think that we're gonna get i think that i every show from now on you're gonna get introduced into somebody that's like in the background that is going to have major implications later on sure and by later on like maybe 10 years from now but like they're going to be part of the universe going forward and i think as much of a kind of throwaway scene as that was just the idea of them introducing Isaiah and Elijah is, is wow. Yeah. But and, go ahead. 
with Isaiah, though, I, I think that once again, you're, you're tying in that same kind of story that Sam feels like if he was to keep the shield and become the next Captain America, would there be a resentment of that? Maybe not from the people, but from the government, yeah. Because, unfortunately, and, and it's shown it time and time again, and, it, and it, once again, it speaks, too, to real life. Like, it's incredibly hard for someone who just has black skin to break through in something other and it's kind of ironic but like other than something like sports like and that was in a line from episode one the banker thinks that he's some guy that played for LSU he doesn't even put together that he's Falcon after you know staring at him for a couple minutes like and and that's a that's a very tough subject and you know Isaiah was a like a war hero but here he is you know yeah i mean kind of relegated through the conversation we learned um hydra feared him like steve was the the exact quote mm-hmm. so that alludes to a possibility of him being like captain america like in the army uh, or military of some kind and he was in jail for 30 years post uh, war and he fought Bucky uh, in the Korean War mm-hmm. and was apparently the only person that was able to take Bucky down. So, well, sorry, not Bucky, but he was the Winter Soldier at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm kind of, I want to see that. Me too. I want to see that fight. Me too. Um, apparently he rips half his arm off. Yeah, half the arm. That's almost more impressive than the whole arm because it's, <laughs> it's one piece. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking right. about? So we saw that he still has his super soldierness intact because he threw something against the wall at the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, he has aged, but honestly, just his face, like his body looks huge when they zoomed out. Right. He was still massive. And uh, that, in a way, kind of helps us maybe visually see Steve, you know, looked very old when he was old Steve, but maybe under that you know button down shirt <laughs> he was still at an eight pack or something no, i don't know no way i don't think so he looked very mr rogers to me he did but i don't know i'm not gonna rule anything out because i mean the guy when when isaiah's face was on the screen he looked just old just, yeah. just old right and then they zoomed out and his shoulders his were whole, like three yeah. feet wide right so he's a big dude he went from being somewhat amused because he wanted to see bucky and see if uh his arm was in- intact uh, but he quickly got agitated and angry and was basically pointing out I was never accepted, you know. Um, and Sam, you haven't, you know, you and your kind haven't done anything to help me either. And, um, right. you know, Bucky basically saying, you know, nobody nobody trusted me even though look what, you know, look all, all that I did. And so it was really a heavy moment of, no matter what I did as Captain America, as a super soldier for the United States, look what it got me. Yeah. And, you know, now we fast forward to where he's at today and maybe he made the choice, but he's still, you know, an obviously like low income neighborhood with right. a lot of police presence. And so he, he never got to have the spoils of Cap got to 
right. live out his life with the love of his life eventually because he had access to so many uh, impressive things. And so we know in the history of Captain America, there's been many of them, not just Steve Rogers. So even though, you know, you love the Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, you look at this um, variation of it and you go, well, he didn't get to do any of this stuff. You right. know, he didn't get to enjoy anything. He went to jail. It's, it's, it's <laughs> he very... was awarded with a prison cell and he said that he was experimented on right. and his blood was taken. And so it sounds like he was probably given something by the military that nobody else was made aware of. And then when he got to prison, everybody thought he was a freak. Yeah, and I think a couple of things come to mind too. You know, once again, kind of bringing it to a real level. I mean, it kind of reminds you of like Vietnam War era, like you had soldiers returning home who thought they were just doing their like civic duty and being spit on just for wearing the uniform because people were so opposed to the Vietnam War. Because, well, in reality, we had no business being there. There was nothing. You know, it was basically a weapons test. And, you know, that was about it. We wanted to see how we could square up against Russia without actually fighting Russia. And, but the the, the bottom line was that it was ingrained in people's heads that, you know, you just do your civic duty and you do what your government tells you. But at the end of the day, these men went overseas and saw horrible things and experienced horrible things only to come home and be like treated like garbage only because they wore a uniform and did what they thought they were supposed to do. And it's even worse for the black Americans that went over and fought in Vietnam because they came back and probably experienced the exact same thing that Isaiah was going through in that they fought for our country and only got they only came home to be arrested and maybe accused of something that they didn't do and uh, spent an awful lot of time behind bars and it's sad it's a sad uh, sad reality for what a lot of people have had to go through um, and the other thing that I thought of too is and it's more on like a show uh, theme is that when he mentions that they're experimenting on his blood when we look at the story of Elijah Bradley and how he becomes a hero um, first off he I believe he just kind of aligns himself with the young Avengers but he's kind of intimidated because there's nothing he doesn't feel like there's anything special about him and they keep reminding him like no dude like you're one of us you're special you you mean something but it's until that he who fights the Kree it, it's in the middle of a Kree and scroll fight that he becomes wounded and he needs a blood transfusion and that donor is his granddad Isaiah and it's after that blood transfusion that he becomes like super powerful so like my thought process too is that when they're doing these experiments on him I think that's where we're getting into the flag smashers and how they're able to have access to something that's like a super soldier because I really don't think that Isaiah is a super soldier I think that he's some kind of other experiment but not fully a super like he doesn't have the exact same serum that was given to like a Bucky or a Steve it's just something that was similar 
Um, well, and remember when Steve got his serum, the rest of them were destroyed. So they were probably like just always trying to recreate what that one doctor was able to do. Right. So I think, yeah, I think that that's what the flag smashers are using. And also what the, and I, it's not the flag smashers that are the problem to me. It's the power brokers that are the problem. Uh, because they're the ones that I think are creating this uh, this new serum based off of that knowledge that they have from Isaiah's blood work. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where I'm at with this, with this story. And I think that that's going to be massively important as we go forward. As Bucky and Sam were leaving the house after Isaiah to- tells them to, to get out, he's very upset. Uh, they're kind of just discussing things and all of a sudden a police car rolled up on them and they immediately uh, questioned Sam as to what he's doing. Is he bothering Bucky? Um, can I see your ID? What's the, what's the issue? And um, they were having an argument, so there was a little bit of a, um, a scene. So that was what drew the police to them initially, but... Um, up until recognizing Steve, Steve, Sam as Falcon, they were ready to accuse him of something. You know, you could feel it was coming. Mm-hmm. And until Bucky stepped in and said, "Hey, do you know who this guy is?" Right. They they weren't. You know, they couldn't care less. And so the partner who hadn't really said anything. He talks to me. He's basically going, "Hey, this is this is Sam Wilson Falcon. You know, don't <laughs> don't be messing with him. He's a he's an Avenger." And so the guy goes, "Oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize you without the suit." And um, neither Bucky nor Sam are making like a huge deal out of it. But soon after, another car pulls up, and believe it or not, Bucky's getting arrested because he's yeah. missed his therapy session that's court required um it was interesting for many reasons uh, sam was asked to present his id and bucky said just do it and you know sam was like no i'm not gonna do it so he, he had that like initial resist but he didn't do anything he didn't so, do anything They're exactly um it was like a Facebook comment section, like, just show them your ID. I didn't do anything, you know? Yeah. And the attention that they drew was indicative of something that may happen in a heavily policed neighborhood. If there's an argument, you might see a police officer rush over um, as compared to if I was, you know, on my college campus and me and somebody are, are having a dispute, we just mm-hmm. end the dispute with a, a conversation, you know, maybe about right. who's the better basketball player, you know? So it was definitely a scene that you could tell they didn't want to go like deep into anything because that's not the point of the show. But they wanted to show, hey, there's racial disparity, even in this Disney Plus Avengers world. um, And even our heroes go through it. So it was a little bit of a shout out. I don't think they're going to go back to it much, but it was it was in a way saying this is what Isaiah deals with on a daily basis. And you know we're going to get back to this storyline but we wanted you to see this is what can happen in a neighborhood even to sam wilson falcon i would disagree with you on that i think that that's actually the theme of the show now police enforcement no 
but that's as what far I'm saying. As racial disparity. That's definitely the theme of this so far. Uh, because, yeah, it, it's very clear. They didn't want Sam Wilson as Captain America purely because he's black. You know, what's going to happen with, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Hoskins? Hoskins. Hoskins. What's, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to be the sidekick forever as well? Just because he's a black character? Like, these things are going to be brought up. Like, um, and I mean, sure, Hoskins is kind of like, I, I don't see him going too far as a character. Um, but you never know. But uh, as far as Marvel Comics is concerned, I'm not aware of anything at the moment that would involve him that's like massively like a, a big deal um so to me i i think that that's definitely a theme within this show is because we've seen it too much already for it to not be oh, and, absolutely we uh, don't disagree at all that race and socioeconomic that's like the main thing going on here right i just don't think they're gonna go back to police stuff Oh, that's no, not, no, 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 I don't no. think they're going to go that way, but I think they were just inching into that world of like, that's let's cover our the, bases. Right. Like this is something that does happen. Um, but yeah, to your point, like this is a story about class and race and um, really everything that goes along with being a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the human experience because WandaVision was so fantastical. It was literally in a bubble. So like nothing was taking place that was super normal it was all fabricated it was a tv show it's fabricated it was very like magical things yes. like that so it was not so here, reality again we say this word a lot but it's very grounded mm-hmm. it's giving us some real aspects um you know policing in an a lower income neighborhood around the former black super soldier of the united states mm-hmm. it, they were they were telling you something there so don't don't turn a blind eye to that because that's that's the story mm-hmm. it's uh it's very personal to Sam because Sam's looking in the mirror going, what could my future be? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to be Captain America if that's what, if that's what that entails. And, and Rhodey, you know, well, what's, what's next for him too? And Rhodey you was the I'm... one that talked to Sam. Exactly. About, and, and he understood he was upset, but he's like, you, you do you, you know, cause I know what I've been through to get to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every, any, anytime somebody, you know, a, a black man in America that tells you something about the position that he's at, don't be like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, don't, no, it's time yeah. to listen. It's time, yeah, you listen. Listen and understand what they're saying and, you know, be proactive in your in what you do going forward, really. And, uh, yeah, it's just, wow. It, it really... Uh, I, hits home I guess would be the the phrase to use because it just it's very like you said we've said it a lot but it's very grounded it, it, it's it cool to man. see in Marvel because Marvel really skates around a lot of you know sensitive subjects mm-hmm. because again it's a superhero movie and show so this is not the main topic of this is what we're going to hammer you know, home with it's not Sesame Street mm-hmm. and <laughs> at the end of the day they're trying to make a superhero thing and they can kind of get away with it with shows like this because while they're heroes and while, you know, Bucky is literally a super soldier, like they're not like the prototypical superhero. Right. So. And they're not Chris Evans. They're not right. that Captain America. Like they're not as well known as some of their counterparts. Mm-hmm. But we've also kind of seen this before, too, within 
Marvel in itself. Like, the reason that Marvel even became popular and the reason that Spider-Man became such a popular character is because of how well-grounded he was. Yeah, like relatable. Spider-Man was the first character in comics that had that kind of dynamic. Like, he's a freaking teenager, man. The mass appeal. Right. He is a teenager. He's got to go to school. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's he's got to study for exams. And at the same time, he's Spider-Man. So, like, he's got to go out and save the world at night, too. And, it well, be save, so stressful. save New York. And then eventually they bring in, like, Galactus and all this other stuff. And now he's got to save the world. While also trying to study for exams and be a good, you know. Why is he studying? Nephew, like. Why is he graduating? He's Spider-Man. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to retire one day and fall <laughs> back on a university job. Right. Um, it's crazy. So Bucky goes off to, to jail and who bails him out? Of course. Ah. But it's, it's Sam Wilson, right? No. No. It was, it was John. It was John Walker. John Walker. He comes out uh, and he's basically like, hey. <laughs> yeah, know, I got you. I'm man. here. Yeah, you love me now? <laughs> so he bails Bucky out. Bucky just like to- completely no-sells it. And Sam is annoyed. Like this is where there's, you know, the meme of like, oh, John Walker seems okay. And then you're like, nope. <laughs> well, he's annoying. That, that's the thing, though. And – I can kind of like find some kind of empathy there because I, in this scene and in the next scene with him, you can really like get that sense of like, he's trying really hard to try to make a connection with them because he knows how important that they are and he needs them. Like, believe it or not, like he, I think he actually understands that he needed or needs them. <laughs> I'll say needed because of what he says at the end, but like he needs them because if he can create and establish a relationship with those guys and everything's fine, they can all work together for a common goal and they can fight alongside of each other and there's no problems like there was with, you know, Tony and, and Steve. There's no, you know, dynamic like that. And I think he understands that. Um, it's just the problem is he's doing it and he's also just kind of doing it in a, in he's a, passing in a weird way. Right. He's doing it in a weird way that doesn't seem like natural. So. And he also does not seem to be in favor of giving up any of his own power mm, to make yeah, it work. Right. You know, um, they need to do therapy based off of like he gets out of jail mm-hmm. but his therapist is there and so she's like emergency session now and <laughs> sam's like yo he he ain't got the time to do all that you know and she's like you too yeah <laughs> um and john walker basically told her hey this is your last session with him because i'm taking him from here and she's like on whose authority and he's like <laughs> me, me. <laughs> I'm captain america right um and so basically john walker is relinquishing him of his duties his government duties to appear in therapy which makes sense because for the rest of the tv show he can't go back to therapy all the time yeah um so he's going to be able to get out of that but first we get a comedy forward uh therapy session between uh, falcon and and bucky and immediately she asks them to sit close and their knees are like banging each other's uh you know kneecaps 
and she's like, get closer. And so they, they kind of, you know, put their legs inside of each other and they're staring at each other and <laughs> like, okay, this is good. This is good. Yeah. They're just like overly uh, exuberant about something that they quite obviously hate. And she's basically trying to get them to open up somehow. And so they have their discussion and they, they have a, a many, many different problems you can see coming from an experienced therapist i'm sure but it turns into a staring contest everything's Mm -hmm. a competition and then finally after the comedy settles a little bit they get in a little bit of a shouting match and we finally for the first time see bucky with a little bit of shield resentment and he's like you gave up the shield that's not what steve wanted i wouldn't have done that basically is kind of what he's getting at and i didn't get the sense that he felt like he should have been the one that got it but Mm -mm. i do see a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of look what you've done and so for me bucky's showing for the first time you maybe weren't the right choice even if it wasn't me no i don't think i don't get that it was like a thing of him like saying i would have done better or i would have done this or that it's more like he said i mean if if the case of of Sam not being the guy, then that means that Steve was wrong about Bucky. Like, and and Bucky kind of can't deal with that because but it, Steve it two plus two is four though. Steve saw the best in him. Steve did. Steve sacrificed his life for Bucky mm-hmm. because he knew what Bucky was. But if he's wrong about that and Bucky's still alive and he still has to deal with that, like how do you even deal with that? And I think that's what I was getting from it, is that like Bucky's really trying, I think, to make a step forward in his life, but by Sam doing that, and now we have John Walker and all this other stuff, like it's almost like, it's almost like Bucky took a step forward and like five steps back because... Yeah, it, that weight of the situation kicks in, and James <laughs> is starting to feel this certain type of way about what happened with him and Steve. Like, if Steve's wrong about him or not. Because if he is, then he's not worthy of being saved, number one. And number two, how does he become saved? Like, there's nothing now that can save him, is what he feels. So I think that's more that I was getting at. That's it. interesting. Because, yeah. yeah, I saw it the complete opposite where he's basically saying, it to me, if he's saying he's wrong about Falcon or Sam, then he's wrong about me. What I heard is if you're not worthy, then obviously the answer would have to be me. Mm. So to me, I was seeing him as saying, because to me, Steve was telling him, I love you, but you shouldn't have the shield. And that was the decision that I thought Steve was basically saying for him. Um, so in in this world, if Sam is not the one that should have been carrying the shield, then it would the only Bucky. other thing would be right. Bucky. So right. to me, that that was what I heard. Because I mean, I, I, are you pointing towards like a conversation where Steve was basically telling Bucky a, there's a life worth living? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, think I didn't it, go there. I, I think that he felt. See, the thing with Steve and Bucky is there's a lot of unspoken stuff, and. I think it's just because they're that close. And so for Steve, I think he knew 
post in game and all that stuff that like you know Bucky's gonna have a lot on his plate. He's gonna have a lot to to deal with. Me giving him this shield and putting that on him is only gonna make things a million times worse. And while he does deserve that, you know, he also needs to understand that there is a life worth living. And that by me going back and living out my life with the love of my life, maybe he can actually see that and, and make those changes and, and understand that situation. Because we see in the episode one that Bucky's stepping out in, in a dating life. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's what I was getting from him passing the shield to Sam is that it's not that Bucky wasn't worth or, or worthy of, you know, donning the, the the label of Captain America it was he doesn't need that on him right now like there's way there's too much going on with him and with Sam it was like you know well Sam was the guy that helped him get helped Cap get integrated into the modern world and he's been there for him just as much as Bucky has in this new life of his so yeah it made sense and he basically told Bucky, "You just need to respect that that was the right choice for me. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the way he phrased it. Right. And um, regardless, you know, obviously, ten different people they can take it ten different ways. the The point of this was that they were finally airing out some issues that they've had, whether it's with each other, with Steve, with who whoever. They had some issues that they needed to talk about, and so the therapy session actually ended up kind of helping." Mm-hmm. And as Bucky was leaving, he asked his therapist, what was the second rule again? And she said, don't hurt anyone. And he basically said, see you later. Yeah. So that kind of said he's getting ticked off. Yeah. <laughs> he's ready to hurt somebody <laughs> if he needs to. <laughs> yep. And so with that being said, um, that kind of shoots us to John Walker in his another desperate attempt to help. Um, as they're leaving the jail, he's basically pleading to Sam and Bucky, hey, let's work together. Let's fight. Let's, we won't win unless we're you know, in one unit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're like starting to listen a little bit, and he throws another line that just ticks them off. Yeah. He just uh, turns them off. Like he's just, They're not into what he's selling because the way he puts it. It's the typical thing of like, oh, but I have black friends. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, like, he's like, follow my lead. Okay. And it's like, ah, don't. Don't say that. You yeah, know, it's like, right. I've got the shield. We're good to go. Ah, why'd you bring up the shield? It's like, yeah. he can never get out of his own way. Right. And um, after that, we see Bratislava, Slovakia. You like that? Um, Slovakia. <laughs> we are with the Flag smash- Smashers now on a runway in a little, little plane. And they're loading things onto the plane. We would assume it's like the medicine, the vaccines, whatnot. Yep. And they mention, we got to go. Like, now. Because yep. the power brokers men are on the way and they know we're here. That was just a throwaway line. It really didn't give us much other than that, but that's a big deal because that could imply a lot of things, as you mentioned before. Right. So they, uh, they're, I mean, they're right on their tail. Their cars are coming, and one of the flag smashers, um, they're all these super soldiers or five-hour energy soldiers, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> and he pushes over the the light, the telephone pole. And stops them in their tracks, and then he kind of goes out in front and sacrifices himself for them to get away. So he gets shot up. 
I mean, bullets everywhere. And he's torn apart, and they fly away um, to, I guess, the next episode, wherever they're at. Yeah. And uh, that's where we we leave off with the Flag Smashers, and then we go back to Bucky and Sam. Basically, they decide, no, we don't want to work with you, John. We have our own philosophies. We have our own plans, our own ideals. You're beholden to the government. We've been there before. We don't we don't want to do that anymore. And so they um, start, you know, walking away, and they're having a conversation. And we don't hear the first part of the conversation or who they're alluding to. And then over over the you know conversation itself, we kind of get a hint of who they're talking about, and then we realize Bucky wants to go see Zemo. Yeah. So that's where we left off in the episode. We're gonna get Zemo and. What are your What are your thoughts on that? That's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm more excited about the previous scene, honestly, sure. because uh, that that honestly that made it seem like they are the five hour soldiers, like because they're not. Okay, so you're telling me that there was how many of them? Like eight to ten of them, maybe more that were loaded up on this plane with the with the crates. So you're telling Perhaps. me that if they were super soldiers, why would they fear? some dudes with guns coming after them. You know what I mean? I don't so know. It was it, a lot of cars to be fair, but it was it, it seemed to be just yeah. people with guns. It make it made me it, it makes things seem like they kind of have some power, but it's only for a limited amount of time. And maybe there's some kind of like recovery phase that they have to go through. Uh like we saw them with you know the previous scene with before that when they were kind of like just taking shelter. Uh I, I don't know. I, I, I There's something more to it. Could just and, be strength, too, and, and not body recovery. Right. You know? And there was some kind of emotional connection between Carly and the person who sacrificed himself, who I would assume would maybe be like her dad. Uh, because we saw him in some kind of trailer. We saw them those two talking, but it was in a different scenario, um, which that could be a uh, flashback scene in the next episode or in episode four or whatever. Or just written uh, off. There's a lot of trailer scenes that just end yeah, up not happening. A lot of trailer scenes don't happen, sure. Um, but yeah, and, and the power brokers, them being that afraid of the power brokers too also speaks to their power. Mm-hmm. I think really, and, and that's what I kind of alluded to in episode one and that in our episode one recap is that I think the power brokers are the actual big enemy of the big villain of the show. And I think that gets only verified by this episode because the power brokers, I feel like, are the ones who have. And th- that's what the whole thing was, is that they're stealing from the power brokers. So the power brokers, yeah. I would assume, are the ones that took that info from Bradley's blood, created some kind of super soldier serum-esque type situation, and now it's being stolen from the, uh, from the Flag Smashers. And they don't like that. And I think that the more uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier investigate that, they're going to dig in a little bit deeper into Power Brokers leading into the big fight at the end. Um, How Zemo fits into this, that's also very interesting. Because Zemo could very easily break out and maybe assume a, a lead role in the Power Brokers or you know, start up some other kind of thing. We know he knows the words to activate Winter Soldier, all that kind of stuff. So 
it's going to be very interesting going forward. He's the wild card, I would say, of the entire show. Yeah, that's a great way to put it because he could shift the balance of power in any of these fights. I mean, if he teams up teams up with the good guys, then they're overwhelmingly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, power brokers, we haven't seen their strength quite yet, but if they have a superhuman leading the way, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. The thing that's interesting about the power brokers, I think, is that while they don't have a superhuman that's leading them they've got basically like a reed Rich- nah, not a reed richards more like a uh like a bruce banner type person leading them mm-hmm. who knows a lot about science and like medical composition stuff like that and like i said before like we know that he becomes uh one of the carnages i think um absolute carnage i think i can't i can't remember exactly which one but he becomes one of them. Um, well, there's a carnage coming out later this year. Yeah, so. yeah. So, we'll we'll see. Um, should be very interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. This this episode gave us uh, a little bit of a different feel. The last one seemed to be focused more on the you know lower economic stature of um, really both of the lead characters and just their daily lives. And then this one got more into some upbeat, you know, fighting and uh, underground, you know, flag smasher stuff. And now we have the power brokers being mentioned. And so I guess what's next to come, we left off with the flag smashers are flying somewhere. So they're going somewhere. And Zemo is going to be perhaps showing Bucky and Sam something related to Madripoor. Um Maybe not yet. I don't know. We'll see. And, you know, I don't think that's the end of, of Isaiah and, and his storyline for now. So we'll see if he comes back into play at all or perhaps his grandson or, or whoever um, may be taking some kind of mantle in the future. But I'm I'm excited. Everybody's leaving leaving off with a cliffhanger every single episode. So there's always something to look forward to, annoyingly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. But every time we get to the end of these episodes and there's like three or four storylines that are not wrapped up yet. And of course it won't be until the end of the series, but is there one thing that you're looking forward to more than another in the next episode? Uh, one thing I'm looking for, I, I mean, absolutely it's Zemo. Um, I think he's the one thing, but I, I, I also want to know where the flag smashers are going because maybe they're going to magical. I was going to say, we yeah. might get everybody right. <laughs> partying it up. Right. Because they are kind of like trying to get into the villain world, you know. They're not; they're these half villains. Yeah, they're they're not like they're bad, but they're not necessarily like evil. And she was just talking to them as if they're like pretty new, and she's like, "Can I trust you?" Basically, yeah. So she wants to earn their trust, and they want to earn hers. So yeah, we could see some like new villain. This is where villains go, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. And and it'll be interesting to see what they're doing. Maybe, and this is just a thought, but like maybe we get like Stryker involved somehow. Like maybe he's buying this stuff off of them and he's using it to experiment on himself and that's where we get the Weapon X program or something. Yeah, you never know, man. Yeah, you're going it, big there. Yeah. It, it, that, you never know, man. I mean, if we go to Madripoor, which we are at some point – um, who knows? Right. There could be anybody there. That's a massive thing, though. That's anybody. a massive implication if they go there, which we kind of th- 
think they will, but like you said, I mean, stuff that gets in the trailer doesn't always make it in. Oh, that would that would hurt. That would hurt. That would sting. That would sting. I don't think they would do that though. Yeah, I don't think. (laughs) Who knows? That's a big one to uh, just kind of throw under the rug. But oh my gosh, not fun. Um, Yeah, I think the main thing I'm looking forward to next episode is, is seeing where Zemo's allegiances lie, and what. What is he looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about what is this character trying to do? Where are they trying to get? What does Zemo want? What, what What's left? We talked about that before with like, what's his purpose? Because his purpose before was to end super beings being together, basically. Which is funny because he becomes a superhero at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he becomes like, what, Citizen B or something? Um, which, once again, it just depends on who's writing it. Live long enough to see yourself become the hero. The hero. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, but there's just so many things. I mean, he's, like I said, he's the wild card. I'm excited. Yeah, and his allegiances are going to be a big impact in where this series go. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think that'll be very interesting. My my honorable mention would be, what does John Walker do here? I, I get the feeling that he's a, he's a really good character at the end of the day like i think when all is said and done we're gonna be like that wasn't that bad yeah i think i think in a way i do think at some point he might relinquish his captain america shield um to sam and in a powerful way i think that's i think that's where it's gonna end up i could see it going this way okay they get into a big fight with the power brokers Uh uh-huh he loses and John Walker? Yeah. Okay. Sam swoops in, picks up the shield, and Sam wins. And it's because he wins that John Walker and the rest of the government see this, and they're like, oh, we messed up. You're treating it like a Pokemon battle where like he, he, earns, <laughs> he, he earns, earns the shield his, through, he, he through combat. Shield through combat. Because Maybe Red Wing televises it from the back. Right, right. Well, we know that the government's involved with anything. Like they, they while Sam doesn't work for the government, like they keep a very close eye on him at all times. So, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of Red Wing, was broken. Yeah, he has to be not repaired, <laughs> recreated. Mm-hmm. So, do you think we'll see it again this series, or do you think yeah. Falcon's on his own? Okay, I think so. Doing he's doing his own tech now. He can't call up uh, Tony. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll get a tech guy though. Who knows? Torres, maybe. Yeah. Where? What happened to that guy? We we, we we'll uh. See we'll yeah, see we'll see him again. I'm just curious to see if he becomes something. I think maybe episode four is where we see him. He could be in episode three, but I think episode four is where we could see him. And also, I think episode four is where we see uh Sharon. There was something going on. Sam, not Sam, but the the actor uh, Anthony Mackie. Uh-huh. He was telling us about episode, I think, five. Did you see this? I did not see this. This is new to me. Um, it was on Twitter yeah, or something. Pull this up, Jamie. Let me... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said there will be a lot of tears in episode five. Episode five, a lot of tears. I didn't want to search it any further just in case people wanna... were talking. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the last time we were told something like this, Paul Bettany was messing with us. Right. So I don't think we're getting a death scene, but – Maybe we'll get Cap. I don't know. I if don't there's know. There's a lot of tears in episode five. I would assume maybe, uh, maybe Bucky goes. Goes. Yeah, he's gone. It's like, not episode then. six. <laughs> they yeah. still need him. <laughs> yeah, one more. But, but it's possible. It's possible. 
That would be crazy if they gave us a death in episode five because we're all waiting for episode six and all of a sudden somebody goes. Because, like, you know, that last scene with the therapist, you know, what's rule number two? Don't hurt anybody. And then he ends up hurting the entire audience. <laughs> right, don't hurt <laughs> By anybody. dying. That's funny. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You never know. Man. I'm very curious. That we're only three weeks away from it, so that's really close, so. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting I'm but like, i ugh. it makes me wonder when they tell us that mm. it's almost like overselling because or maybe, if it was truly like somebody was gonna die in that episode yeah they wouldn't say anything no you know but maybe it's tears of joy tears of laughter ah, that could be too L- tears of laughter the tears tears maybe it was tears, tears? was it a written a press tears? yeah oh yeah they <laughs> tear up a bunch of stuff pulls, pulls a hamstring or something <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know tear. They keep getting us, so I'm not going to take it too seriously. But I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any deaths. I'll put it that way. But I could, I could see a little flashback to Cap and and some happy dialogue that Maybe makes Steve's us on the moon. happy tears <laughs> on the move. Oh, <laughs> on, on the, the moon. moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the waving. Um, hey Sam. Yeah. How you Thro- doing? Throws the shield and it comes back. He catches it with his old arm. <laughs> He's just golfing up there. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh! That'd We're, be a good place to golf, actually, right? No, <laughs> that's the joke. Is that like, <laughs> everybody's always dreaming of hitting a golf ball on the moon? You'll never get your ball back. Nope. Um, and somebody might get a concussion. So but that thing's careful. gonna go far. All right, we're we're getting off the track here, so that means we're <laughs> we're good. Um, <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to this episode. We are gonna cover the Snyder cut pretty soon here. And we watched it the other day, so um, yeah. it's not going to be a deep cut. We're not going to do it like this, but we're just going to kind of talk about some things and see what our thoughts are on on DC in general moving mm-hmm. forward and then bring it back into the reality of, of Marvel and how it impacts the MCU moving forward. So, Just a real quick appetizer for that episode. Just simple question. Did you like it? Yes. I, I did too. I actually loved it. I'll go that far. I liked it. I, I loved it. I uh, liked it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to that episode. I think it's a little different and um, should be fun. Should be pretty fun. I'm I think more so though. I'm looking forward to to the tournament. I, I'm very much looking forward to that too. I want to get into that and see what happens when the final votes are in. Yeah, I I can't wait. Um, we'll have the updated bracket before too long, and just to double down on what I said before. Thank you everybody who's a a current listener, old listener, new listener. Um, really appreciate all of you guys and we hope we're building a, a fun community where you guys feel like you're comfortable enough to, to talk with us and have some dialogue because we want to talk about things you're interested in this, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line we have fun doing this it doesn't matter what the topic is we'll have fun doing it so I created the bracket to try to give us some enthusiasm and some exciting stuff going on this, this March into April hopefully you guys are having fun with it keep voting uh, champion your favorite movie all the way to the title you know if if Iron Man 2 pulls off the, the championship you know we're not going to be mad it's, this is no, about you guys is, so yeah, very much very excited guys. to see thank you for everything um, and we just appreciate everything yeah I'm, I'm so appreciative it, it's like I've said before man it, it's insane how many people are, uh, are are in the group or on the page I should say and uh, just communicating with us on it almost daily basis it's it's awesome and uh i I think it gives us a little more motivation and inspiration um for this because you know we're just having fun 
and you know to create a community with people who have the you know same interests is is awesome so thank you for all the support all the engagements it, it, it's awesome Blessed. we hope you have a great day enjoy some marvel enjoy the weather and we'll see you next time peace Thank you.